My psychic senses are telling me that you are spiritually curious. I'm just kidding. If you found your way here, most likely <laughs> you are interested or curious about energy, the secrets of the universe, the magic of the unseen. There is a lot of conflicting information out there about how to tune into energy beings properly, how to build your intuition, how to cleanse things, yada, yada, yada. I know how overwhelming it can be, so I created a one-stop shop for all of your spiritually curious, psychic expansive self-care needs where you can build your own spiritual practice with guidance, tools, and a safe place to explore your curiosities and connect to your intuition. There's a ton of crash courses covering topics ranging from meeting your spirit guides to trans-channeling to manifesting. You get distance Reiki healings for a wide range of needs, such as moving through discomfort or support stepping into a new chapter or even help calling in creativity. Subscribers get 15% off all full-price services, a monthly group Zoom hangout where the weird is our normal. There are exclusive channeling videos, expansive conversations, guided meditations, movement meditations, weekly reflections, intuitive practices, this podcast, ad-free and as a video, and so much more. New content is uploaded every week, so there's constantly new stuff for you to learn from, digest, and various practices to keep you grounded in your body. And all of this, might I add is only $7 per month. So if you're ready to align to your best self and show up as your inner being, a priceless investment in yourself, you can head over to channelwithamber.com slash subscribe to give it a peek. I'll see you over there. Hey guys, welcome to Diary of a Psychic Medium with me, Amber Amrine. I am so excited about today's episode. We're going to talk all about ghosts, why they're here, signs that there is one around, how to help pass them on, and a few of my favorite stories dealing with them. There are ghosts literally everywhere, and I strongly believe that knowing how to deal with them should be a life skill that we all know. So, here we go. So when someone dies, the lower three chakras, the root, the sacral chakra, and the solar plexus, which are connected solely to the physical world, begin to dissolve. This disconnects a person in their consciousness from their physical body, and then their energy field just shoots up and bursts out of the crown chakra. Time is not linear, so everything past, present, and future is happening simultaneously. This is why people have that experience where their life flashes in front of their eyes. It's because you're releasing your ties to the physical world, which connects you to higher dimensions that are beyond linear time. So your consciousness is able to connect with all of the lessons, memories, and experiences from the lifetime. Your energy field will then slowly drag to higher and higher dimensions until your consciousness and everything with it absorbs into your soul. This final step I will refer to as passing over. I'm going to go a little off topic for a moment, but each of our lifetimes uses different aspects of our soul. Our main characteristics will always be present because it's our consciousness streaming into each life, but some of our interests, habits, understandings, and stuff like that will change because a new set of soul aspects are essentially programmed to be developed throughout the lifetime. If we came to Earth fully integrating all aspects of our soul, we wouldn't be able to remain in the physical world. 
everything that has happened, everything presently happening, everything that will happen in the future, all kinds of information, literally everything, is stored in Source. If we were tapping into this stream constantly, which is what would happen if we were fully integrating our entire soul into a lifetime, we would be beyond the physical because we would understand that we are so much more than this. The physical world would essentially be too heavy for our energy field and our physical body would not be able to handle such saturations of high energy. It would just burst. <laughs> so this is the purpose of the first three chakras. They help our energy field anchored down into Earth so we can go about our wonderful journey in this strange physical world and use various aspects of our soul to explore and learn and just enhance our understanding of being human. If someone dies and goes through the whole process where their energy field shoots through their crown chakra, but they resist the drag that begins the process of actually passing over, they will become stuck, essentially, in the physical world as an energetic being. This is a ghost. There are a number of reasons this could happen. They could have had a traumatic death that they aren't able to fully get over. This was the case of the girl in the last episode who was murdered. They could have been a terrible person and are holding intense feelings of guilt. It could have been an early death and they aren't able to accept that they have died. They might feel like they have unfinished business, so aren't ready to pass over. Or it could simply be that they're strongly tied to a specific place and are choosing to stick around to protect it or the people within it. This would fall more under the category of them not feeling ready to pass on or just being afraid of the process. Passing over is actually an incredibly beautiful experience. You are free and aligned with your true state of being one with everything. You can actually look at it as coming to life because you are fully integrating all aspects of yourself and fully lying with source. It is very wonderful and nothing to be afraid of. <laughs> all of these reasons someone may resist the drag have heavier frequency emotions tied to them, which keeps their energy field heavy, which then anchors them to the physical world. The presence of a ghost does not mean you are in danger or have anything to worry about. Most of the time, they're just looking for some guidance because they're feeling lost or scared, confused, or they may just be giving you a heads up that they're around. Since the frequency of a ghost's energy tends to be a little heavier than your average energy being, they're usually easier to connect with. There are many signs you can look out for. Basically, if they have more energy and know how to manipulate their energy field, then you will probably have more physical encounters, but a majority of the interaction will occur through an energetic connection just because it takes a lot of energy to physically manifest. Examples of physical manifestations of them would include literally hearing voices, footsteps, rustling, having objects move, break, turn on, or literally seeing a person that looks physical or transparent or just a cloudy mass. <laughs> a drastic change in temperature all of a sudden in one specific area of a room is also a good indicator that there is something there. With energetic interactions, those will come through the clairsenses. So with clairvoyance, depending on how you naturally connect, It'll feel like you have x-ray vision in your third eye or your heart chakra. 
So you won't necessarily see anything in front of you, but in your mind or your heart, it feels like there is an invisible projection of a person there. So you'll kind of see it in your mind's eye. With clairaudience, you'll hear voices or messages in your mind. An example of this, my aunt used to work at Hollywood Forever Cemetery, and my mom and I visited her for work one day because she was going to give us a little tour. She wanted to show us the crematorium, so we walked in. And the second we did, my mom and I, like, could not handle it. There were so many voices. They were all talking at once. It was incredibly loud. It's like um, in the movie Bruce Almighty, when he hears all of the prayers from everybody all at once. <laughs> that's what it's like. So we immediately turned around and ultimately had to leave because my mom and I both got tremendous headaches when you have a saturation of energy like that, where there's just a lot of energy trying to connect with you, it is very common to get a headache or just not feel well or feel super tired. Once we were a few blocks away from the cemetery, the headache just finally dissipated. So same goes with everything else. Once you're able to get the energy to kind of dissipate, the headache or fatigue or just ill feeling should go away. When a higher frequency being tries to connect to you through clairaudience, it usually just sounds like thoughts in your voice. But with the ghost, again, because their energy is a little bit heavier, it's usually a bit more discernible. You can usually hear it in someone else's voice. For clairsalience and clairgustance, the smell or taste can either come in very strong, like you just sprayed perfume in the room, or just ate like a burnt piece of toast. <laughs> you know, it's, it's very tangible. Or it'll come in a little bit more subtle. It's like those sparkling drinks that have like a hint of berry or something, but when you drink it, it just tastes like sparkling water, and the aftertaste just has like an ever so subtle hint of berry. That's kind of what it's like. So it won't always be this super strong sensation. It could be very, very small. For clairsentience, you may feel sensations such as chest pain if they died from a heart attack, or you can just feel pressure or tingling if they're around you. Like if they are, I don't know, behind you, you know, you may feel this weird like pressure or like electric tingling on your back. Your body is like an antenna, so it's basically telling you where the energy is lying. With claircognizance, you'll just download information about them. It feels like when you have an epiphany and you just know something all of a sudden, something just clicks. It's a similar feeling, so you'll just all of a sudden know how they died, what their name is, what their story is, stuff like that. For clair empathy, you may just experience how they're feeling or how they felt at the time of death. Sometimes it can just kind of come out of nowhere and you won't necessarily realize that it's not your emotions that you're feeling. This has happened to me many times. There was one time years ago, I felt like my neck was going to break or my head was going to fall off. It was really bizarre, but it was super strong and it was not going away. It persisted for a couple of days and it got to the point where I was legitimately concerned that it was like a premonition of something to come, but it just didn't really make sense. So I had a moment where I was like, wait a minute, is this mine or is this someone else's? And the second I said that, I felt a presence behind me. It was actually a young guy named Timothy who had a neck brace on and was in a wheelchair. 
I saw this all through clairvoyance, so it was not physical. It was in my mind's eye. He had had a really bad skiing accident, and he basically broke his neck, which caused him to be paralyzed. But because his injuries were so bad, he ended up just dying at the hospital. He was mentally still stuck in his physical state, so he thought his neck was still broken, that he couldn't move. He was just, he was very confused, and he didn't know what to do. He was not sure where he was. This brought him a lot of fear and shock, which kept him in a heavy state, which prevented him from passing on. Once this information kind of downloaded, I told him he was completely safe, completely healed, and was not constricted to his physical body at all. He was very apprehensive, so it took a lot of encouragement. But he slowly stood up from his wheelchair and kind of started moving around, and then he took his neck brace off and rolled his head around a little bit, and he completely lit up. That little switch of just releasing fear and anxiety shifted his energy field to the point where it just burst into this bright white golden light. It was like in Power Rangers when they morph into their like superhuman state and their like outfit and everything changes. It was like that. <laughs> so he completely burst up in the air and then when he came back to the ground, he was wearing a white gown, a long gown. His hair was nicely combed. He didn't have any scratches or anything on him. He looked like a new person. He took a moment to thank me, and then his energy just shot away like a shooting star. That was him giving into the drag. So he was so amped up. He fully released into it and passed over at the snap of your fingers. From that point on, those weird sensations I was having about breaking my neck were completely gone. Thank goodness. <laughs> As we talked about in the last episode, People read energy differently. In this example, I was having more emotional symptoms towards Timothy's energy. After I realized it may be coming from something else, it was like my energy radar expanded to my surroundings, so then I was able to feel him behind my shoulder. Then I talked to him, downloaded the information, etc. Clear empathy and clairsentience are naturally more physical interpretations of energy because they affect your physical state. So those were like the only physical manifestations, I guess, if you want to call it that, of his energy that I experienced. Everything else was purely energetic. Also, just as a side note, when you speak to an energy being, you can either say it out loud or just in your mind. But if you do it in your mind, just say it loudly and with intention. Our thoughts are energy, so they will hear it. But the clearer you are, the stronger that connection will be. There are many ways you can help a ghost pass over. Ghosts like Timothy, for example, just need some moral support and encouragement just so they know that they're okay and safe. I usually like to just tell them to, like, it's time to go home, just follow the light. Their spirit knows what to do. They are making the decision to go against the natural drag that happens. So once they become comfortable enough to release into everything, the process will just immediately continue. Some ghosts are apprehensive about passing over because they're afraid that they're going to lose their connection to their family or friends, but that is completely untrue. Again, time isn't linear, so all of our past, present, and future lifetimes are occurring simultaneously. This is a complicated concept, but basically the specific identity from a specific lifetime is always present and in motion. Even if someone passes on and rejoins their soul's pool of energy, 
that identity is still present, but is now just connected to all of their soul's other identities. As I talked about in the last episode, the higher auric bodies are living in higher realities, so these are not restricted by linear time in any way. So if someone passes over, their lifetime is technically still happening, and because it is, their higher energy bodies can still connect with you if you call upon them. So basically, a spirit choosing to resist the drag just prevents them from integrating with their whole, which can make them feel a bit shut out and lost, so it makes sense that they're feeling anxious. Once they allow themselves to integrate with their soul, all the doors are basically open for energetic interaction. When they interact with us, depending on how high the frequency is that they're operating at, they may pop in during dreams. You may feel subtle sensations as you go about your day, like you feel like you're energetically being hugged or you just feel super happy and uplifted all of a sudden. You may get a thought about them. You may come across something that is theirs. Those are all their way of just kind of checking in. The higher their energy is operating at, the more subtle the messages will be, just because it's difficult to lower their vibration so much. But your energetic cord remains and will light up anytime you're thinking about them or vice versa. That's one nice thing about training your clear senses, because the more sensitive you become to energy, the more you can kind of pick up on those little nuances and even get to the point where you just raise your vibration up to visit them instead of waiting for them to come down to you. If they're able to lower their frequency enough, you may have more tangible experiences with them as you would with a ghost, but you can usually tell a ghost from a spirit that has passed on by how frequently things happen and how they leave you feeling. Every case is unique, so this is not a one-size-fits-all kind of thing at all. But if you have something strange happen once or at very significant points in time, or the happening leaves you feeling super loved and uplifted, it's usually a good sign that it's coming from a pure energy, while the happenings that occur very frequently or leave you with like nightmares and stuff like that will be most likely from something of a heavier energy. Usually when someone first dies, they're in a limbo state for a little while before they fully release and pass over. So this is also a time where you may get a visitor just to send you some love, or if they're struggling passing over, connecting with you will just kind of give them some courage and encouragement to release. This is a time when activity will be a lot more prevalent, but it usually calms in about a week or so. Unless they're really struggling and are fighting the drag, then that can just continue for a while. So again, just encouragement and kind of walking them through it is usually all they need. But there are a bunch of different ways you can go about helping them pass over. Reiki energy is really effective. Obviously, not everyone is attuned, but there are a lot more people joining the bandwagon. So I'm going to bring it up. <laughs> if you are Reiki attuned, you can simply send the spirit Reiki energy and it will help them break away from these heavy frequency emotions that they're holding onto, which then allows them to release into the drag. I still like to talk them through it, even if I'm using Reiki, just so they know what's going on, but it's a great addition. This kind of work is very open to interpretation because it's all about intention. So if new methods come to you, trust them. As long as your intention is clear, you can do anything any way you want. These methods that I'm talking about have literally just come to me and they work for me, <laughs> so always just go with what you feel. 
My dad practices Buddhism, and when we first dived into this venture together, he realized that he would start trance channeling while he was chanting, and he found that he could actually pass over ghosts when he did this. Since he was chanting, the frequency of his energy was raising so high, it would essentially give the spirit a direct doorway to pass through that immediately just shifted their energy. This was actually the first method we would use to pass them over. Since I was more sensitive to energy and my dad was more of a powerhouse that kind of pushed it wherever it needed to go, (laughs) I would basically find a ghost that needed help passing over and then he would channel it out. We're going to take a quick break because my cat is messing up my microphone setup over here. (laughs) But when we come back, I'm going to get into my favorite story about this stuff. This happened during the early stages of my training, but it's a great example of the various ways ghosts interact with us, as well as how we may sense them. So, stay tuned. All right, we are back. So this story is from when I was 16 and very soon after I started diving into all of this. I actually wrote this whole thing down after it happened, so we're getting a pure memory from October 2010. (laughs) It is starting to rain so hard. I don't know if you can hear it, but it's giving me some nice, like, atmosphere to set the story. (laughs) So it was evening. My dad had just started his process of channeling while chanting to pass the spirits over. I'm going to go on a tangent a little bit, but... He used to channel like a hundred spirits every night that needed help passing on. There are so many ghosts in this world. We actually ultimately decided to set a boundary with this because it was just taking over our lives a little bit just due to the number of them. And it just started taking a toll. So don't feel bad if you can't help every single ghost you come across. In order to help anybody efficiently, you need to take care of yourself first. Just by allowing yourself to stay at a nice, high-vibe state of being, your energy becomes so uplifted it automatically starts lifting the energy of beings and people around you, and this can be enough to give them what they need. Obviously, some people or beings need a little bit more assistance, but again, you need to be in a proper headspace in order to best deliver what the situation needs. If you don't, it is very easy to get pulled down with the heavy energy, which severely limits what you are able to do. So don't feel bad turning down a ghost that comes for help. You can even just tell them to try again tomorrow. (laughs) Sometimes that simple acknowledgement of their presence is all they need, and it allows you to take care of yourself. So it's a win-win situation. So my dad channeled everybody. He finished. I went to the bathroom. And an old woman appeared in the doorway. She had thick white stringy hair and was hunched over. She was wearing rags with a hood that covered her hair. And her hands were like together outstretched towards me like she was asking for change or something. You know, like her palms were facing up. She looked like she had been tortured and was not in good shape. She also had these bright white glowing eyes. I saw her in my mind's eye, so she wasn't physical, but her image was very specific and very detailed. 
The interesting thing is I had seen ghosts before plenty of times, but this was the first time I had seen one with the white eyes. But strangely enough, it's something that has continued. So more often than not, when I see ghosts now, they usually have those same white glowing eyes. She was asking for help. She was limping over to me like she was in so much pain and she just needed help kind of escaping that reality. Her voice was very scratchy and exhausted, which kind of further made me feel like she had been tortured. I grabbed her hands, I looked at her, and I told her that I would help her. I promised things would be fine, and I promised that she would be able to pass on to a better place. I wasn't sure if I was just imagining this or not. I was still very unsure of my abilities at this time, so I kind of went through an internal conflict as to whether or not to tell my dad about it. I used to go to my dad for all of this because I didn't feel like I have the power to do it. But I just want to encourage you that no matter what level you're at, you do. This is all about intention and it's all about trusting yourself and trusting the power you have. You are so much more powerful than you give yourself credit for, I promise. (laughs) So I told my dad and then he kind of scanned around and he said, oh yeah, I can feel her energy too. So we sat down and started to channel her and... As he was, my dad's voice started getting really scratchy and exhausted like hers was because he was trans-channeling, you know, so her voice was coming out of his, and he confirmed that she had a horrible death. I hope you heard that. My cat is going crazy right now. (laughs) Yeah. The second she had passed over, I started bawling. I cried for a solid few minutes until I was able to calm down. I wrote in my little journal, it was really bizarre because I wasn't feeling sad or anything. The emotion just sort of took over me and it was hard to calm down. Just as a note in case this happens to you, sometimes that shift in energy, especially if you are connecting through clear empathy, can be such a beautiful release that you get emotional for no reason. (laughs) This was before I knew to set boundaries so that I wouldn't take on their emotions So this would happen literally every time I passed a spirit over. Now, with bigger cases, it'll happen, but more often than not, I'll just feel like I can breathe or I feel super light, and that's usually the confirmation I look for that they successfully passed over. You can usually feel it. We're all different in the way we interpret energy, so again, just notice if you feel any changes and trust yourself. So after that, my dad and I just took a second to kind of talk about it, and we decided to go out to dinner to relax because it was just a lot. (laughs) About halfway into our meal, I had to use the restroom. When I walked into the bathroom, I felt two spirits in the far left corner and another between the closest stall and the sink. There was like a little empty pocket. That's where I felt him. I did my business. (laughs) And then as I was walking out of the bathroom, I felt that the spirit that was in between the stall and the sink wanted to follow me out. So I literally held the door open for him, (laughs) and I actually saw a, like, cloudy mass just kind of pass me. This ghost, as you will see, was very physical in the way it manifested. It had a lot of pent-up energy and was really making itself visible. I walked back to our table, and I told my dad about the spirits I saw in the bathroom, and I let him know that there was one that followed me out, just because he may want to be passed over. He was standing by the wall, just kind of staring at us. 
He was a boy around the age of 12, and it looked like he was from the 1800s. He had short brown hair, again, white glowing eyes, was wearing a ruffly little shirt, a vest, and long pants. He looked very nice. He was dressed nicely. I kept trying to ask the boy questions just to find out what he wanted, who he was, just to get some more information, but he wouldn't answer me at all. He was very shy and kind of timid, so he didn't feel comfortable communicating. After we finished our meal, we started to head out, and I noticed the boy was following us again. The restaurant had valet parking only, so we had to wait a few minutes outside while we waited for the car to come up, and again, I was just trying to talk to the boy to find out what he needed, just make him feel comfortable, but he still was completely ignoring me. (laughs) At one point, I felt the other two spirits from the bathroom come outside to join us, but after a couple seconds, they ultimately just decided to turn around and go back inside. They were the kinds of ghosts that are just kind of satisfied with their state and aren't ready to fully let it go. So they would just kind of pop in and out as they were trying to make up their mind as to whether or not they wanted us to help them. Once the car came, I let the little boy know that he was welcome to come with us, that we were happy to help him. So he hopped in the back seat of the car right behind my dad and... Again, there was another physical manifestation of this, so my dad's arms were literally, like, ice cold the entire drive. You could literally touch them, and they were, like, freezing. About halfway home, I felt the energy of the other two spirits again from the bathroom. They were just kind of trailing the car a little bit, and then, again, they ultimately turned around. So they were still very unsure. I feel like they were just kind of checking us out, seeing what we're about before they decided to commit. (laughs) We got home and walked inside, and the little boy followed us and stood in the middle of the living room. The floor was carpeted, and you could actually literally see the footprints of his feet in the carpet. And then any time he walked, you could actually see, like, the carpet being pressed down, like somebody was actually walking over it. He still wasn't talking to me, but I told my dad that I felt like he really just wanted to be channeled out to pass over. So he asked him just to confirm, and my dad's arms awkwardly just shot up in the air by themselves. They just shot right up. So we took this as, yes, (laughs) we took it as confirmation that that is indeed what he wanted. Because my dad was kind of open for the ghost to interact with him, the ghost was able to manipulate my dad's energy for his arms to shoot up. So again, another physical manifestation. I told the boy just to take a seat while we, you know, got everything set up. And you could see the imprint of his little butt and legs on the blanket we had laid on the couch like you could literally see somebody sitting there I actually I think I took a picture of this actually I may still have it I will look if I do I will post about it on my Instagram so it finally came time my dad started to channel the boy and he immediately started coughing like crazy like he was choking My dad had to take a minute just to kind of get himself back together, and he told me that he had had a super horrible death, and the little boy had been strangled. So since he was trance-channeling, those sensations were coming through and were affecting his vocal cords. That initiated this, like, vision where I saw the boy in an old bar. It was the same location that the restaurant had been in, which is why he was there. 
there was a group of these big, intimidating-looking men that were screwing with him. They were teasing him. They were just kind of messing with him. And, I mean, the little boy was 12, so he was very small in comparison. And he got frustrated, and he just asked them to leave him alone. But that upset one of the men who grabbed the boy by the throat and strangled him. It was incredibly heartbreaking to see this. My dad was trying to tell the boy that he was going to be okay and to just let go so he could move on, but the boy was just very scared and apprehensive. So my dad turned around to look at me. Since trance channeling is sharing your body with an energy being, it puts you in a weird state, (laughs) so my dad's eyes were like bugging out of his head, and it freaked me out a bit. And my dad said, he's in me right now. Is there anything you need to tell him? So I took a breath just to calm down. And I said, I just want to tell him that everything will be all right and not to be scared. The little boy then started to talk to me through my dad. So his voice sounded higher pitched, really quiet, really innocent. And it just broke my heart. He asked if I was sure he was going to be okay. And I said, yes, you'll be fine. You'll be much happier on the other side. Don't be scared. He looked at me and said, do you promise? I told him I did, and then he turned back around and let my dad continue. It took a few minutes, but he finally let go and passed over. I immediately started crying again, and I knew that he was going to be okay. He was back in source. He was feeling good. He was in a wonderful place. About five minutes later, the other two spirits from the restaurant came back, (laughs) and my dad finally passed him over. This was a very intense evening. (laughs) This story is a little bit, uh, it's just a little crazy. I haven't had an experience that intense in years, but I hope it gives you some insight to the different ways a ghost may affect you, some ideas on how to pass them over, as well as just reassurance to trust yourself. A note real quick about bathrooms, because I just realized The theme of this story has to do with ghosts and bathrooms. So ghosts tend to kind of find areas that are a little bit calmer, especially if they're just feeling a little bit nervous, you know, just because it makes them feel safe. They feel like they have more control of the environment. It's not a place that we're in constantly and constantly like moving things around in. That's why there may be more activity in places like attics, basements, spare rooms that aren't touched, closets, and bathrooms. A ghost will typically be tied to places of significance for them, whether it be the place they died, their childhood home, a place that is tied to why they aren't able to pass on, or even just a place where they think a person may be to help them. The reasons are very varied, but within these, they usually prefer the calm areas of the space to hang out in. At the end of the day, a ghost is essentially just a human being without a meat suit. You know, they don't have a body. So it's a very vulnerable state to be in. We have free will. So if there is an energy being that is bothering you or making you uncomfortable, all you have to do is tell it to leave you alone. Some ghosts, just as with people, can be a little bit more unstable or a little bit more pushy. So if you just get to a point where it's too much, tell it to leave you alone. Just as, like, added reassurance, I usually like to add that only beings of light and love are allowed in my space and everything else is banned, just to also kind of open my space up to high-frequency beings, but you don't have to do that if it doesn't resonate with you. 
It can be a little scary to get into this stuff just because these aren't physical people you're interacting with, but you have so much more power dealing with an energy being than you would dealing with like a physical person. (laughs) So that's today's little venture into ghosts. I hope you enjoyed it. Thanks so much for listening. Until next time. Thanks for listening to Diary of a Psychic Medium with me, Amber Amrine. To learn more about what I do, visit channelwithamber.com. For future updates on the show, to give some feedback on future episodes, or to just connect, follow me on Instagram at channelwithamber. Shout out to Unicorn Heads for my theme song, A Mystical Experience. See you next time.